Uh, Philippians chapter 6. This is our text for this morning. Philippians chapter 6. I'm sorry, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. It says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Let's pray. Let's ask the Lord's hand on this message as we open his word together. Mighty God, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that it is light and it is life. It's instruction and correction. And Lord, I just ask that today as your word comes forward, that it would do all that you desire it to do. Mighty God, I pray that a great anointing would rest upon me, that I would preach with authority as I ought to. And Lord, I ask that you would anoint every listener within the sound of my voice, those who are here, those who are in our overflow, those who may be joining online, that you would anoint our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our heart and mind to perceive what your spirit is speaking today. We We just invite you, Holy Spirit, have your way, and I bind the works of the enemy. He who would seek to distort or confuse or destroy or uproot the word even as it comes forward today. Lord, I ask for liberty in receiving your word in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We are in a series right now that that I'm calling First Steps. Everybody say, First Steps. I'm writing a book. This will actually be my third book that I'll be writing. Um, And this one isn't going to be for sale. I'm going to write this book, and it's going to be a gift that we give to individuals who are either first coming to the Lord or they're just getting plugged into our church, and they'd like to know, well, what does this church believe? And and I've shared the last couple weeks about how one of the ways that we can be in unity, we shared that verse about how God is building a house where we where his spirit can dwell right we just read that verse in ephesians and part of the way that we're going to be unified is by believing certain things together we believe that jesus christ is the only means by which man can be saved right do you believe that we believe that the bible is authoritative we believe that what god intended to be in the scripture is in the scripture and so uh, we revere it we honor it that's why we stand uh, um, there's other things that we believe you know yesterday we had the joy of baptizing about 20 individuals and we believe in fact can we just take a moment if you were baptized yesterday would you just stand to your feet so we can recognize you come on come on awesome 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 I'm so proud of you guys. Congratulations. You know, we're going to put together, by the way, a recap video. We're going to show it. We'll give these guys a baptism certificate. And, uh, and you guys keep that baptism certificate. You need it to get in heaven. So, um, no, I don't believe that. Here, and here's, here, that's a joke. So uh, my point is, there are things that I'm telling you, I would lay down my life for Jesus. I would lay down my life for the Bible. I would even lay down my life even to contend for the activity of the Holy Spirit in this day and age. It's very important to me. It's what I call a conviction. But there are other things like if we disagree about the timing of the rapture, because I know there's people in here that are like a pre-tribulation rapture. And you think that, well, before things get bad on the earth, the Lord's going to take the church. And, uh, and if you believe that, well, praise God. There's others in this room that you believe in a post-tribulation rapture. And maybe you have no idea. I love what Dr. Morocco says. He's like, we've got some pan-theologians. We just believe it'll all pan out in the end. 
And no matter where you stand, I want you to know whether you're pre-trib or pan, I don't even know, but it'll all work out some way, one way or another. Uh, you can be a part of this church. You can be a part of this church. And there are certain things that we believe, and there's things that we believe more than others. You know, somebody holds a gun to my head and says, deny the doctrine of baptism by immersion or die. I'm going to say, let's think about this for a minute. Let's talk. Let's have a Bible study. You understand what I'm saying? Somebody says, deny Jesus and live, then I'm going to say, go ahead, man. I'm, I'm ready to meet him. Jesus I'll die for. Doctrines of rapture, not so much. You guys, you guys trekking with me. So one of the things that we take very seriously in this church, and one of the things that I do want us to, to rally around and believe together is dealing with prayer. Everybody say prayer. My goal this morning is to whet your appetite for prayer. And if you came today and you're looking for profound revelation, teach me about the depths of prayer that I've never known. Uh, I am going to disappoint you. I'm just going to tell you. I am going to give you some of the simplest ideas involving prayer that maybe you've ever heard in your life. Things that are basic, things that are elementary, but things that I believe are very, very essential. And so uh, I'm just going to dive right into it. Are you ready? I believe, if you're taking notes, this is the first thing I want you to write down. We ought to pray great prayers. We're going to pray great prayers. How many of you would love to be great in the place of prayer? Hopefully all of us have our, our hand up for that. I want the Lord to respond when I pray. I want to know that my prayers are effective. And one of the ways that I believe that we're going to do this, Matthew chapter 18 and verse 1. Jesus called a child to himself. And he set this child right in the middle of the crowd. And this is what he said. He says, uh, assuredly, unless you are converted or changed and you become like little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself as a child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You know what I believe is one of the keys to us praying great prayers is we must come with childlike faith a childlike approach some of us have been praying for many years I think I read three books in preparation for the message that I'm sharing with you today and there's some wonderful prayer models there's some there's some incredible depth and I absolutely believe there's things that you know we can go deeper in the place of prayer but at the end of the day when it comes down to it, I believe that some of the most profound praying we'll ever do is childlike prayer. I walked into the church this morning, into our prayer meeting in the upper room. And when I walked in, I hear this little voice, Pastor Jacob. And I look and there's little two-year-old Elsie Grace. And she actually came up to me. Now, I think she was scared. Now, this is what blessed me. She's scared of me, okay? I'm a big, scary man with a beard. And, uh, you know, but she came up to me and she actually, for the first time ever, gave me a hug. 
And I was so blessed. Now, I'll just tell you, man, a lot of you have greeted me this morning. You know, you shook my hand. You gave me a hug. But that was the favorite greeting that I have received today. There was something so pure, just so, so kind about the way that she said my name and she, and she greeted me and welcomed me. And, and I just have a sense that when we come to God, you know, sometimes we get so complex and it's just like, I've got my prayer model and I've got my manual and here's my outline and here's my spiritual mapping. And I believe in all of those things you understand. I believe, you know, the Lord's Prayer and Tabernacle Prayer and there's some great models for prayer and we can all go deeper. But I have this sense that sometimes the best way that we can come to Jesus is just, Hi, Jesus. What are we going to do today? It's so great to see you. That's how we begin every one of our prayer meetings. Come on, let's just worship the Lord. Let's just thank Him. Oh, Lord, we love you and we bless you. Thank you for breath in my lungs today. Thank you for a beautiful day. Thank you that we get to live on the most beautiful place on the planet. You ever just, just talk to Jesus? I'm telling you, that's the way that, that we ought to come to him. You don't need to get all formal. God doesn't speak King James English. You know that, right? And we get in this mode of, oh, Father God, Lord, Holy Spirit, dear Father, Lord God. And, and, and you know, when, when, I'm just, I'll be honest with you, and this may be mean, but when people come out the gate like that, it's an evidence to me that they lack personal intimacy in the place of prayer. You ever hear someone pray and you just know they know Jesus? That's how I want all, all of us to be. And we've got this intimacy and this relationship. And guys, this is very simple. Some of the things that you can do when you get up in the morning, just invite God to be a part of your day. Good morning, Lord. What are we going to do today? I told you this isn't complex, but this will change your life if you act on it. When you get in your car, you just imagine as if the Lord were coming to sit right in the passenger seat with you because he actually is with you, whether you recognize him or not. When you go and watch a movie, you just imagine the Lord is sitting with you in the movie. Now, that'll make some of you scratch your head and wonder if I ought to be watching this movie or that, but we'll just leave that there. When you read your Bible... Imagine Holy Spirit just looking over your shoulder and studying because He is. The Bible says he's the, he's the helper. He'll bring things to our remembrance. He'll show us things that will lead us to Jesus. Just invite the Lord. And, and can I just encourage you in one other thing? When you pray, anticipate a response. Take time to actually listen to the Lord and see if He won't speak back to you. And by listen... I really mean listen. You know, sometimes as Pentecostals, and, uh, and I've done the survey the last few weeks, I know that more than half of this room, you were raised in a Pentecostal, a spirit-filled kind of environment, and many of us, uh, you know, we're here, and we're, we're tongue talkers, and I encourage that. I love that. I'm not ashamed of that. But even in the place of prayer, there's moments Pentecostals hear me. Just be sit, be still, be silent. Just listen to the Lord. In fact, i never forget being in a meeting with Cindy Jacobs. And uh, in this particular meeting, healing began breaking out. It really stands out to me because it was the first time I ever received a miraculous healing. I used to have swelling on my knee. I broke it, messed it up when I was wrestling for a number of years. And I used to have to go every few months. They would give me, what do they call that shot? Court, is it 
cortisone, give me cortisone shot, but then they'd have to drain fluid from my knee. It would constantly build up and swell. Well, I'm there in a Cindy Jacobs meeting, and she gets a word of knowledge about knees. I didn't even go down to the altar. I didn't pray. I didn't anything. I'm literally standing there in the meeting, and all of a sudden I notice my knee's not swollen, and it's not in pain any longer. The Lord just did it like that. And it was amazing. And so I start paying attention. Do you guys well? You want to learn to flow in the miraculous, flow in healing, flow in... Start paying attention when the stuff starts going on. And so I'm watching Mama Cindy, and she's up there, and she's getting words and knowledge, and she's beginning to operate this way. Never forget, young man comes up down to the, down to the stage, and he's wearing glasses. They pray for him. He removes the glasses, and now he can see clearly. It was a phenomenal thing. He actually chucked his glasses, and it was, a, it was an awesome celebratory moment. Saw a young woman who'd hurt her back. She gets healed in an instant. And then I'll never forget, there was another young man who came down to the altar. And I don't remember what his need was because he didn't get a miracle. And it was an interesting sort of thing. Mama Cindy actually rebuked him. Because he gets down there for prayer, shares his need. He's standing up on stage. And as soon as she goes to pray for him, he immediately begins shouting in tongues. She lays hands on him, and she like jolts back. And she's like, stop praying. And she begins to instruct the entire room. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard anything like this. But healing Healing operates in streams. You want to learn to flow in the miraculous. You need to learn to tap into the streams of what, Holy Spirit, what are you doing right now? What are you doing? How did I know that there were three people in the service who had lung issues, shooting pain? I'm in the stream. I'm in the flow of what Holy Spirit desires to do. It's not me. It's not even a gift that I possess, but I lean into, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? What do you desire to do right now? Well, what happens is we begin to pray in the Spirit. And again, I believe in this. I just taught on this this last Thursday. As we begin to pray in the Spirit, that stream begins flowing upward. We begin on the earth now touching heaven. And so what happened with her is she's got this healing virtue that's flowing. And she goes to lay hands, but he begins praying in tongues. And all of a sudden, it's like what, what was intended for him. This is weird. You guys, I don't know, just take it for what it's worth. What was intended for him actually bounced off because he had a different flow that was going on. Stop. Receive. Sometimes we feel like we got to do something. No. Just receive. When you spend time talking with the Lord, don't think that you have to fill the entire time. I know sometimes silence can be awkward, but, but just stop and receive and listen and hear. And oh, it's so amazing sometimes what the Lord would do. I got so many stories I could share on this, but we're going to pray great prayers. Childlike prayers. Amen. All right, let me move on. Um, Hebrews chapter 6 says, Therefore we come boldly under the throne of grace that we may attain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Friend, can I just tell you, this is the way you and I can approach the throne of God. Boldly. Boldly we can come. Now, you may think, Pastor, I am not worthy. You don't know how broken I am. You don't know how sinful I am. You don't know the way that I think. I am not worthy to come into the presence of God. You know, yesterday we got to witness a wonderful, wonderful transformation. I watched about 20 
heathens, drug addicts, alcoholics, people steeped in perversion, people fresh out of prison. I watched about 20 individuals die and get buried. Hallelujah. Now, some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because I also then watched 20 individuals come out of baptismal waters, I believe, infused with resurrection power and life of Jesus Christ. It's a new life. And some of these guys, I just tell you, my old life, my, my gangster lifestyle, all of this, now I'm believing that it's being buried and it's done away with. And I'm, and I'm praying for them. Oh, yes, as far as the, the east is from the west is how far God is going to separate you from your sin. You think those guys are worthy to come boldly before the throne of grace? I've got news for you. None of us are worthy. None of us are deserving. None of us are good enough to serve. None of us are good enough to give. None of us are good enough to, to, to pray, to worship, to attend church. We have all failed miserably. But for us to say we are unworthy to come into the presence of God is to say the sacrifice of Jesus was not enough to cover our sin. To say, I'm not good enough to pray the way you're talking about today, is to say that Jesus' work was not effective to work in your life. We need to shake off this deception that says, I'm unworthy, I'm not good enough, because you're not. But at the end of the day, He is. And if Jesus has worked in your life, you are a new creation. You have received the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And He has made you worthy. So don't you dare receive this identity that says, no, you are less than, you're not good enough, you could never be. Resist that thing, friend. Resist the enemy in every lie and deception. And you step into that bold, wonderful identity. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm preaching myself happy. I hope that some of you, are you getting this? Are you getting this? Are you with me today? All right. So when? When should we pray? Well, the Bible says, Psalm 5, 3, In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. So you know when you ought to pray? In the morning. The Bible says, Psalm 55, 17, Evening and morning and noon, I will pray. I will cry aloud and you will hear my voice. So you know when else you should pray? In the evening and at noon. Uh, there was an occasion, Luke 6, 12, Jesus, he went to pray. The Bible says he went into the mountain to pray and he continued all night in prayer to God. So you ought to pray all night. So when do you pray? Morning, noon, and night. Sometimes all night. Hallelujah. I think 1 Thessalonians 5.17 summarizes it very well. It says, pray without ceasing. This is a lifestyle of prayer. It's just a, it's a continual thing. I love the, the Smith Wigglesworth quote. He said, it's rare for me to pray more than 15 minutes. But I never go more than 30 minutes without praying. There was this continual leaning into, Lord, what's your assignment? Lord, what are you saying? What do you desire to do right now? Church, I'm, I'm praying and I'm desiring that all of us could begin to move into that, that sort of lifestyle. This constant relying. I, I was just blown away. I was reading the account of David over this last couple weeks in my, just in my daily devotion time, in my own quiet time. 
And what amazes me about David, David was a warrior second to none. Slaying giants, I mean leading armies, this guy was incredible. They come back singing songs about how the king Saul has slayed thousands, but David tens of thousands. I mean, could you imagine going to battle, even today, with the weaponry that we have, but he didn't have that. You're talking swords and spears, and this guy comes back and they're saying he has killed tens of thousands in these battles. What in the world did that look like? I'm very curious, actually. David comes back. You guys know, you summarize a story. He ends up leading the entire nation, and they continue to go to war. But what in, what's amazing to me is you get these moments, these glimpses into the personal life of David. And there's these moments where he says, bring me the ephod, bring me, or bring me the ark. He'd go into the presence of God, and he would ask the Lord every time, should we go to battle? Whether it was a large enemy, whether it was a small sort of thing, couple hundred people, easy, he would always inquire of the Lord, should we go? Times the Lord would say, yes, I'm delivering them into your hands. Other times he would say, no, wait, this isn't the time. I just think it's amazing. If there was anybody who was qualified to just, I know how this works, let's just go for it, man. It was David. Yet he remained in this posture of, Lord, what are you doing? What are you speaking? Church, that's where you and I need to remain. That's where we need to remain, continually leaning in and resting upon Jesus. What are you speaking in this day? You know, what's your will and what's your desire? doesn't matter if you've done this a hundred times over. No, Lord, what do you want for this one today? Oh, let's remain in that posture of humility. Here's a... Here's the next form of prayer. We are to pray with thanksgiving. Everybody say, pray with thanksgiving. This is the first verse that we read. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. Don't be afraid. Don't be anxious. But by everything, with prayer and supplication, that's, a, that's continual, that's persistent, that's heartfelt prayer, we are going to pray. And then it says, with thanksgiving. Guys, that's hard. Do you ever thank God for the prayers that have not been answered? That's what he's saying to do. When you pray, not when you receive the breakthrough, not when you get the answer, but when you pray, pray with thanksgiving. When you present the need before the Lord, my body has not been healed yet, but I thank you, Lord, because you are faithful. My family has not come to know you yet, Lord, but I thank you because you are faithful. We give it an offering and we thank God for his provision, even though we don't have it yet. Are you guys hearing me today? That is the posture of faith. And we prayed earlier in the service for Auntie Baba. And we've been praying for him for almost a month now. I think she's in the upper room. We've been praying for her son, Kainoa, for over a month now. In the hospital, on a ventilator. And this last week, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, we received a report that the doctors are done. There's nothing more that they can do. They're talking about it's time to take him off the ventilator, time for the family to come, we'll take him home. That's where, that's where he is right now. 
I tried calling her, and uh, I left a voicemail. I didn't get to talk to her until yesterday. And I didn't know. I don't know how you would be if your son had received a death sentence. But I saw Auntie Baba yesterday, and I go up to her, and I didn't know. I saw her from across, you know, the parking lot. She was at the baptism. And I didn't know what kind of woman I'd be talking to. I didn't know if I was going to be talking to a hopeless woman, someone who's distressed and and anxious and fearful. But I was floored when I talked to that woman of God. She began telling me testimonies. Pastor, I have unbelieving family and friends who are having home Bible studies and prayer meetings. She begins telling me about how how they've had the opportunity to witness to individuals in in the hospital and what God is doing. I mean, she's encouraging me. And then she says, you know, my sisters told me that if Kainoa dies on that table, then I'm just supposed to prophesy life. And I'm speaking. And I'm just thanking God because he really does take everything the devil means for evil and he turns it for good. I mean, you guys... There's a reason Hebrews 11 says that mamas receive their children raised from the dead. Never underestimate the power of a praying mama. It's powerful. You know what she's doing? She has postured herself in faith. I'm not going to make funeral arrangements. No, I'm going to contend for the healing of my son. She's telling me about prophetic words that she's still standing on. He's supposed to lead a Bible study. He's supposed to experience this church, and he's not done that yet. So even if he dies, we're going to see him raised up. That is the posture of faith. That's praying with thanksgiving, friend. What are you dealing with? What's the great need that's on your heart? Are you thanking God now, even though you've not received the answer? Well, I'm going to draw this to a close. Worship team, would you come? Leah, I want you to share that same story that you did in the first service. And if the worship team, if you guys come. Several years ago, my wife and I were in Haiti. We had a series of miracle meetings and built an orphanage. And, but Leah led a a woman's meeting that was just amazing. Tell us, tell us what happened. Yeah, this all ties back down to, uh, to prayer and even a praying mama. We were in Haiti for a few days, and I knew that I had to speak at this women's event. And as I prayed, I had prepared some teachings, and I said, Lord, what do you, what do you want me to say? And he didn't say anything. I was prepared. And I'm walking down this dirt road. I'll never forget it. And I remember locking my eyes onto this tent. It's where all the women were gathering. I was so excited. And I stopped and I looked, and, and the Holy Spirit spoke so clearly. He said, I haven't told you yet, but I'm going to tell you right now. What I want you to do today is to not teach or preach, but I want you to open up for a time of testimony. You see, the night before... Like Jacob had just said, we did some nights of miracles. And I've shared this in a service before, but there was even a woman who was covered in tumors all across the front of her body. And that night, God healed her. So I get there and I say, okay, Lord, I'll I'll open up for a time of, of testimony. So the translators there, all the women, they're excited. They're just looking, what's gonna happen? And I said, ladies, we're here today. 
And I just believe that what God wants us to do is just testify of what he's done. And so one lady after another, that lady that got healed, they just begin to share. But you know, there's some women, they're not about the fluff, but they're about the business. And you can look at them and there's the fire of God in their eyes. And there was this woman, she was real quiet, just sitting there. And she looked at me and she raised her hand. She said, I want to share. And I said, okay, go ahead. And the translator began to tell me that she was without children for many, many years. And it was a prayer, it was a cry of her heart to bear children. And finally, she became pregnant. And the Lord said, this is a promised child. You will carry this child. And he will be a mighty man of God. So she had the baby. And when this little boy was three years old, he got sick and he died. And she's confused. She's like, God, wait, you gave me this kid. And for three days, they don't rush in the funerals there. It's just the body was there. For three, three days, she cried out to God and she said, God, please raise up this child. One day after another day after another day. I couldn't imagine. She's sharing this with tears going down her face. And she said, but on the third day, I had enough. And I grabbed my little boy and I put two chairs together side by side. And I put his little arms, and he, she said he was dead, so dead, smelly dead. And I put his arms on the, the edge of the chair so that he, it looked like he was standing up. And she said, in the name of Jesus, I speak life over you, boy. You are a promise from God. You're not going to die and go away, but you're going to live a life that glorifies Jesus. And let me tell you, church, in that moment, there was breath in his lungs again. The little boy stood up and began to walk around, and God touched him. But it was because of the prayer of a mama. And guess what? I got to meet that little buddy, and he's strong. He's a, he's a man today. But God is in the healing business today. And there's power in prayer. Come on. Wow. You know, that's... That kind of falls into this category. The last, pray, the last type of prayer is what I call breakthrough prayer. We see an example of this in the way Jesus prayed. And there's this moment of desperation where Jesus is crying out, Father, if there's any way for this cup to depart from me, let it. Father, if there's another way, please. And you can just imagine, have you ever been in this place where you're believing for something? It's like, God, what's going to happen here? How's this going to play out? What are we going to do? And you, you fast, and you pray, and you call support, and uh, you know, whatever it is. And I've, I've read the thing, and I've heard the testimony. I've done everything that I know to do, and I'm still in the same place. This is breakthrough moment. Jesus makes a declaration, and this is, this is it. Father, not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. Understand, this is not a faithless gesture. This is not I'm giving up because you haven't answered my prayer. No, he prayed and he sought and he fasted. He contended. He called his disciples. He asked them to pray. But when it all came to an end, there's nothing more that I can do Lord, not my will, 
but yours be done. That's the moment of breakthrough, friend. And we can think, well, I'm going to skip all that other stuff and just go straight to the breakthrough. No, no, you can't do that. There's a process that the Lord takes us through. And I'll tell you, even looking at our building, I have become desperate over that thing. We've got plans in the, in the city right now, and I'm just like, God, where, where's the stamp? Where's the signature? I've prayed, and I've called the intercessors, and we've done, I've done everything. I've, I've been fasting for like three months. Where is it, God? We have meetings that just beat my head against the wall, and I'm just like, oh, not my will. I don't know what else to do here. So I give it to you. That's what it's going to take. God's going to build a great church here, friend. But it's going to take a people that just aren't along for the ride. But a people who are willing to contend for a mighty move of God right here in our city on our island. We're going to do something very special. It's rare. In fact, I think this might be the first time in our history that we receive two offerings in one service. We don't normally do this. But this morning, we're going to do something special. Um, if I could get you to bring that, that picture, and, and do we have it? Is it working on, on here? I want to show you guys some things. Can I give you some vision right now? We have the two tallest people in the church standing in front of our TVs right now. Um, <laughs> That's not true. John, John beats him, I think. Um, this is what we're praying for. Um, can we bring that down here, Brother Kevin? This, uh, you'll see here on the screen. Um, so this purple area, this red is our current restroom right over here. And this purple is some of the plans that we've got in the city right now. We're going to expand those bathrooms. I saw this whole line of people after the first service who are waiting to get into our, our one-stall men and one-stall women's restrooms. We're going to expand this. So we're going to have four or five each. Hallelujah. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Woo! All right. Now, the purple here is our upcoming sanctuary. This is what we're going to build. In fact, I'm going to step down here. Can you guys all see? Can everybody see okay? This purple right here is about 5,000 square foot. This is going to be our new worship space. Uh, we're going to be able to fit by code between five and 700 people in that worship space. It's going to be wonderful. We've had about 200 that have been attending our second service. We've got about 100, 140 in our first service. And, uh, and that's continuing to go. I think we're probably more than that even this morning. But we're all going to be able to fit in our new worship space. Won't that be exciting? So that's the purple. This green is going to be a whole, we're going to have like this permanent tent, so it'll be like a semi-indoor, outdoor kind of fellowship area, patio, and we'll be able to hang out out there. Uh, this, uh, this light purple, and you can come walk closer and see this in a minute. This light purple here is going to be like a cafe, and uh, we're going to do coffee, and we're going to have Kevin's magic bread and uh, all this kind of stuff out that would serve out of that place and just hang out and just uh, this is going to be an awesome I shouldn't have said magic I don't, he makes some great bread though I don't, it's, it's his blessed bread now show, show the next picture there this is an actual artist rendering this is all to scale 
And you can see, uh, you know, the, the people worshiping there. Uh, you can see now this is going to face the sanctuary. It'll be immediately opposite us. And you'll be able to come in the entrances from the main hall outside. That far door on the side is what's going to lead out to like the cafe and the, and the patio and that fellowship area uh, out there. I'm going to do the next one. I think it's the same just from the other side. And so uh, we got some LED screens. I think I'm going to have them do away with that. What do they call that? That skylight. I don't know. I like the natural light. If, you, if you're looking for a church that does like fog machines and laser shows, we're not that. It's not my preference. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, whatever. I mean, other people do it. It's fine. It's just not me. So, so we're not doing that. Uh, we're going to have some natural light in the place, and it's going to be great. But, uh, well, that's it, you guys. This is what we need to pray. This is vision. This is what we're going to work towards. Now, what we're going to do is um, we're going to do two things. I'm going to give you an opportunity to sow into this project. I didn't tell my wife this. Um, but this time of year, uh, we, we give special offerings, and uh, uh, we're going to add to that. We're going to give $1,000 in the offering towards this, this building program. And that's a lot of money for me. That may not be a lot for you. Some of you do that, no problem. Um, that's a lot for us. It's a stretch. In fact, I'm going to have to do half of it this week and half next week, but that's what we're going to do. And uh, you can do the same thing. But, uh, but we're going to give because we're invested in this. We're invested in this. By the way, our sanctuary expansion is going to be about $1.2 million. And that's not including the patio and the cafe and all the other things. Uh, uh, altogether, it'll be a little more than uh, $2 million. Uh, and that's assuming that lumber and that kind of stuff stays kind of where it is now. Uh, so we got to pray for that too. And so uh, do you have faith? All right. Hallelujah. Now, this is what I want to do. Uh, I want you to take an envelope, and I'm going to give you some instruction. But if you want to, if you'd like to give in this, you know, you don't have to give a thousand dollars, even if you give ten dollars. But uh, can we all participate in this? I need, just raise your hand right now. Our ushers are going to come, and uh, if you want to text to give, there's a designation that says daily seed, and that's what this is going to go. Well, what is daily seed? Well, Doctor Morocco, the Lord spoke to him when he they were building the cathedral uh, almost 40 years ago. I think it was 35. They started a few years after they began the church on Maui. And they were, I mean, millions and millions of dollars needed to complete that facility. They didn't have anywhere close to it. He came to a very small church, less than 100 people. You can bring that right up here, Jonathan. Um, but the Lord spoke to him. If you will teach the people to plant a seed, I'll provide for your building program. And so they began to plant seeds by faith, believing that God would bring every dollar in that they needed. There's so many miracle testimonies in that, but God did it. Cast a vision. They received an offering. And I want you to know, this is about more than money for a building program. You know what I think about? Every time I stand in that cathedral, I look around and I've actually asked the question. I received an offering over there one time and I asked the people the question. How many of you were a part of the building project back in the 80s to build this cathedral? And there was only a handful of people that raised their hand to say, yeah, I was a part of that. That means that of the other hundreds and hundreds of people that were sitting there in that room, they were all the fruit of what that early group had invested in. 
Their families, their friends, countless people have been impacted by the ministry that came out of that house because somebody early on was willing to invest in the future. Isn't that amazing? So uh, that's you guys. One day your grandkids are going to be attending church at King's Kona and uh, there's going to be thousands and thousands of people and they're going to be in a facility we don't even know of yet. You're going to say, I had seed from the very beginning. I had seed in the ground. So, praise the Lord. If you're texting to give, you're going to designate that to daily seed. Can we, ushers, would you just bring those down here? Again, this is not the normal method for us to receive offerings, but we wanted to do something special today. I want you to be able to step out and take a look at the the printout here. And uh, would you stand all across the room? And as you have made your offering ready, uh, what we'll do is I'll ask... And listen, don't send your kid down here to drop off the offering for you, okay? Even consider, come as a family. Let this be an act of faith. You know, we're in this thing together. And so you come, and uh, so I'm going to pray a blessing on us, but don't leave, okay? Because we're going to do one more thing that's very exciting. You don't even know what's getting ready to come. So don't leave. So we're going to pray. We're going to bless the offering, the daily seed. And then I'm going to let you step out and come and bring your offering. Lord, I just thank you. Thank you for the vision. Lord, I thank you for Dr. Morocco and Lord, even this church that has come about in the midst of COVID. Other churches are are shutting down, but God, you and your grace, you and your mercy have blessed this property and you have blessed this church. And I know, Lord Jesus, you will fulfill the vision that you placed upon us. We will see this sanctuary completed. We will see the vision fulfilled. We'll be able to minister to hundreds and hundreds, even thousands, Lord, every single week. We just thank you, mighty God, even for those here in this place today who are sowing a seed of faith. We're going to see a harvest of souls saved and righteousness and your blessing, mighty God. So we bless this offering as we receive it today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, if you have a gift to give, just step out from where you're at and just come drop it right here.
someone help just hand this to me right here? Let's just make one stack, and we're going to pray for this together. Thank you. Come on. Would you, Leah, just lay your hands on this, and let's pray for it. Guys, this is exciting. This is the first seed. I know some of you give building programs, but this is the first seed into our new building. Oh, I'm excited. Lord, I just ask you to bless this. Bless this offering. I know you're going to bless the people that gave. But Lord, this is, a, this is a declaration of faith. This is a declaration of what you're going to do in that facility, mighty God. We thank you for your provision. We thank you for your hand upon this, Lord Jesus. We just ask you to bless it, to increase and multiply. Pour back into the lives of those who have given. Lord, may they see their family, their sons and daughters, their grandbabies impacted by the ministry that flows from this house, Lord Jesus. Lord, we bless this offering and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Brother Kevin, would you take this?